There's a quote that says, start the walk and the way will appear. In 2018, I unknowingly started my journey into becoming unique. My journey started with choosing me and understanding that self-love and self-care are so important in the evolution of you. There is no magic blue pill to transformation. It's all about the journey. The journey of self-love, self-care, being consistent, showing up for yourself, investing in yourself. The Become a Unique Podcast is a place where you can be well and be you. Welcome. You have truly arrived to a safe space. Be prepared to grow in such a beautiful way. Let's get this show started. Hey, y'all. So I am 46 years old. And I can officially say that I went 45 years of my life not knowing what Qi Gong was or is. <laughs> I found out about Qi Gong approximately one year ago, about this time last year. Um, I was doing a juice challenge on Instagram with um, an amazing co-host by the name of Tracy Piper. Um, and she was a guest on this podcast as well, too. It's an amazing episode about adaptogens. But during our um, juice challenge, she had talked about, you know, doing Qigong exercises in the morning when you wake up. And that was my first time ever hearing Qigong. And once, you know, I saw her video and stuff, I started to go um, look up Qigong on, you know, YouTube and kind of figure out what it was. And then actually, I, you know, I was doing, I started doing physical therapy last year because I had a shoulder issue thing going on. And I remember hearing physical therapists talking about Qigong, you know, to themselves, among themselves, when I was like doing some physical therapy, you know. So then once she opened my ear up to Qigong, I started to hear it a little more often. And so I, I, if she didn't open my ear up to it, I popped it and I was going to physical therapy, I probably would never even notice that they were talking about um, Qigong. But, you know, then now that my ear was opened up to Qigong, um, I started to hear a little bit more and a little bit more. And, and now it's like, I want to learn more. So let's do a podcast on Qigong. <laughs> so today we are doing an episode on Qigong. Um, if you know about it, as I always say, you never know what else you could, what other information you can find out as well too. And you may be from the same boat as me, just learning about it, spending <laughs> your entire life, not even knowing that this exists, this ancient practice exists out here. So let me not yip yap my mouth too much and let's get into today's episode. Let's go. attention. I have a couple of announcements to make before we jump into today's episode. So I have made plenty of announcements that I am slowly transitioning to YouTube. So 
future content coming to you guys will be now featured on YouTube as well as the podcast streaming apps. But this particular episode, um, I recorded quite a few months ago and I did not make the decision for YouTube as of yet. So this episode was not recorded for YouTube, but my guest has agreed to give us a very special YouTube video to go hand on hand with this episode. So today you're going to learn about the beautiful, the beautiful, beautiful um, practice of Qigong. And my guest has agreed to do a quick video with me doing some Qigong exercises for YouTube. So we are going to do this video and we're going to upload it onto YouTube, but it's not available just yet. It's going to be available about midweek. So make sure you guys click the link in the show notes and make sure you're subscribed to my YouTube channel and press the notification button. So when the video does drop, you will definitely be able to get a visual to the beautiful conversation that we had today or just Keep checking over there at YouTube. Check the link a few days later. So this applies to anyone listening to this in real time. So today's episode comes out on Sunday, February 12, 2023. So if you're listening to this in real time, the YouTube video that's going to go hand on hand with this episode is not available just yet. But if you're listening, let's say a few days after the 12th, it's going to be there. <laughs> so that's announcement number one. Announcement number two is, you know, when this season started, I released a Becoming Unique podcast journal. And I think I only made the announcement the first week of the journal coming out. But, you know, I just wanted to give the reminder that the Become a Unique Podcast Journal is available on Amazon. And I'm saying this because there's so much informative information on these podcast episodes. Like this season is 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 starting off with a bang, you know, with getting all this information about skincare in our first episode. Then uh, my last episode, we just talked about color. The episode before that, we talked about nutrition. The episode before that, we talked about meditation. So my guests are giving so much informative and valuable information. And it's amazing when we're listening to it, but it's even more amazing when we're able to take notes with it. So, you know, keep track, you know, keep track of the Becoming Unique Podcast University. <laughs> There's so much informative information is, is, is here. It's coming to you. So many amazing episodes. So I just wanted to give the reminder of the, the podcast journal. And also I want to give a reminder about your guide to bringing more acts of self-care workbook, my book, my first book. That's also available on Amazon. And this if you're listening to this in real time, we are in the week of Valentine's Day. And Valentine's Day is all about, you know, sharing your love with your special one, your loved one, your children, whoever you have in your life. You know, it's a, it's a way of exchanging, you know, your, little, your love with each other, giving them, showering them with gifts, taking them out, making the day special for them. And, you know... 
I just wanted to give the reminder, yes, it's absolutely beautiful to share Valentine's Day with someone else and and, and enjoy the, it, the love exchange with each other. But I want to give the reminder that self-love is just so special and very important as well, too. So as we pour this energy into our loved ones, let's remember to continue to pour the self-loving energy into ourselves. And my book, Your Guide to Bringing More Acts of Self-Care, is all about, you know, bringing simple, you know, self-care, actionable self-care practices into your life where it's allowing you to make time and space for you. So... Yeah, so this would be an amazing week to pick up this book book for yourself as you are showering others with your love. Shower yourself with the love that you have for yourself and giving yourself the gift of like, okay, you know what? I'm going to make this investment in myself and start working towards, you know, making sure that I am intentionally giving self-care acts to myself. <laughs> so that's available on Amazon. I chit-chat myself away enough. Let's let's get into today's episode. Amazing episode. Get your pen, get your paper, get your, your, your journal. Take notes, take notes. <laughs> let's go. Today on the Becoming Unique podcast, I have such a beautiful and amazing guest coming today by the name of Vicki. Welcome. Thank you so much, Unique. It's such a joy to be here. As I was telling you before we started the recording, I'm a fan of this podcast. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You made my heart smile so much with that comment. I really, really appreciate it. And I am so grateful for you to be here today because I am so excited to learn. But before, <laughs> but before we jump into today's episode, you got to let everybody know who is Vicky. Well, who is Vicky is uh, somebody who has been on a journey of sort of integrating different aspects of myself over the last many years. I uh, what I do for a living is a lot of who I am because I've been self-employed since I was a kid. Uh, I've I've got a big background in theater and performing and directing. So I do a lot of that. I'm in a theater company and I work a lot with speakers and storytellers to learn how to deliver in ways that go beyond what they might have imagined otherwise. And the other thing is that I've been a martial artist for the last 50 years of teaching, uh, particularly the uh, martial art called Qigong. Do you know what that is, Unique? I'm going to learn today. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard a little bit here and there about it. So um, I definitely wanted to explore deeper into it. So I'm excited for today's episode. Well, I'm excited too. Uh, Qigong is is this wonderful word that sort of came up in China to cover a whole lot of different types of um, healing and martial arts, anything where you're actually moving energy in your body. So you've probably heard or seen Tai Chi in the park. That's the most popular thing. Mm-hmm. And so you can say that's one style of Qigong. There's over 60,000 exercises that get called Qigong. So, you know, somebody could study with me and then study with someone else and never have a, you know, a single move be the same thing, but it's wow. still all about working with some of the patterns in our body that acupressure and acupuncture mm-hmm. are based on. And I've had to think about that as a a white woman, as a European 
um, some Arab thrown in um, and Jewish that that what what does it mean for me to you know have sort of how do I hold this delicate balance of honoring the traditions when it's not part of my heritage, um, honor the traditions of where I come from, recognize that just going through my filter, not just as a white woman, but as a Europe, as a as a, um, uh, a Western woman. What what does that mean in terms of how I translate it? How do I do that balance between, like I said, honoring the traditions, but not pretending that somehow I am, you know, carrying forward a lineage, even though I have studied with many lineages and many teachers. So, um, mm. for me, this this has all been about healing. How how do I heal myself? How do I heal others? And even more important, how do we lift the energy on the planet at a time of deep divisiveness and um, of uh, you know things feeling more and more critical. Yeah, I can't wait to dig deeper into um, qigong. It's qigong, right? Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. But before we dig deeper into it, I would love to find out how did you even come into qigong being your lifestyle and you teaching it and you know taking it deeper than just you know using it in your daily practice. Yeah. Uh, so when I, I started, I, I, I got introduced to uh, Qigong and Tai Chi when I was um, in my teens and I was at a theater in a theater training program in California. Uh, and so I, I, I lived in New York, but I came to California for this theater training program. And for some reason, they thought, oh, it'd be really good to teach Tai Chi to actors. And I didn't know what it was. I'd never heard of it. But I, I um, this what I thought at the time was an old Chinese man, he's probably mm -hmm. young I am now, came and he was he was teaching these these moves. And at first I was like, you know, people, there was a lot of buzz around him because he was an old man and his wife had just had a baby. He had a like very young wife. And, and, mm -hmm. a, and that was an, a tribute to his chi. And as a young dyke, as a young lesbian, I could have cared less, to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, but so, so at first I was just kind of turned off by all of that. But then when I started to do the movement, I fell in love with it. It felt like I was coming back home. It almost was like I almost remembered it, but I couldn't quite remember it. It was like, oh, yeah, that's how I move next. That's the next thing to come. So it came through the theater world. Then I started studying a lot of different martial arts a lot because I had been attacked on the street and I had, um, you know, I wanted to learn how to defend myself. I had um, had some pretty serious, uh, basically queer bashing as a young person. Um, so uh, I was, I remember one time I was walking home from our subway system here in California in the uh, Bay Area called BART. And I was walking home from BART and a guy walked around the corner and I was of course pretty alert. And I was actually had been studying, I had come, was coming home from a, a martial arts school that I was where I was training, where I had been doing a lot of hitting and punching. And I was thinking to myself, I don't wanna do this anymore. I don't wanna hit, I don't wanna hurt people and I don't wanna be hurt. Yeah. This guy walks around the corner and you know how sometimes, you know, you can be like at a, a restaurant or a party or you can see somebody and you just kind of feel like, oh, I think I'm going to give that person a pass. Like, yeah, kind of, energy is a little funky mm -hmm. or other times you're really drawn to it. Well, uh, this was a, the person who I just felt like, oh, I need to back off mm -hmm. him. But I didn't back off and I didn't go into some kind of fighting stance. Instead, what I did was I just instinctively straightened my spine. And my thought was, I am, as opposed to you can't, as opposed to stopping him. Mm. And 
he reached out to grab me and his hand bounced about, I'd say a foot or less than a foot from contact. He didn't actually touch me, but it bounced and he walked away looking at his hand and then looking at me and then looking at his hand and looking at me. So I knew he felt something that he hadn't missed. Mm-hmm. And when I got home, a woman who became my Qigong, one of my first major Qigong teachers um, had left a message saying, you know, Vicki, I was just looking at your chart and I think you need to look at how to do more internal arts. I don't think you need to learn to fight anymore. And so I started studying with her. And the next thing was that I started to discover that this thing that happened on the street that I didn't really know what it was, was called Wei Qi, which basically means external Qi or external energy, the energy we project. Wow. 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 Oh my goodness. I love this. I love this. Oh my God. I love everything you had to say. I love, I love that the universe was conspiring, first of all, for you to make sure, make sure that um, Qigong was a part of your lifestyle by yes. introducing it to you when you were younger in the um, theater arts and yes. then also having it in your mind to have it as a defense mechanism for you to start learning, you know, Tai Chi, you know, you came from two different um, realms, but you still were kind of going in the same area. And then for that incident to happen, I really feel like nothing's meant to, you know, nothing's by coincidence. Like everything is supposed to happen. That man was supposed to come to you that day to let you know, to work on that inner chi. You say it's called the Wei Chi? Yeah, Wei Chi, which, yes. Thank you for that, Unique. I, re- I really appreciate that reflection a lot. Um, uh, yeah, Wei Qi is, in Chinese medicine, it's the, the energy that protects us from pathogens or allergens, right? It's our immune system, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, in, the, in the art of Qigong and martial art, it's really the energy that we that um, we emit around us. So, you know, some people who are psychic can see auras or mm-hmm. or see heat around, see the heat around your body, or you can feel it if you bring your hand close to somebody, but you don't quite touch, you can often feel that heat. That's, that's that Wei Qi field. It's a field of energy that we all have around us. It's, and it can expand or it can contract. So I, once Mm -hmm. I started to learn about that, that I started to really play about it. And then I started to think, how can that affect those of us who are speakers or storytellers or entrepreneurs or people who have something that they want to offer to the world, how can this help boost the impact that they have? So I do a lot of support for people who are doing work in social justice or doing, you know, things that really matter to me and and really looking at how can you, as you're speaking, as you're inspiring, as you're lifting people up, how can we do that very intentionally on an energetic field as well as with their words or, you know, how we, you know, what what, what our words are, or how we deliver that. Yeah. You know, I just want to go back one step and break down chi because, you know, you said qigong, um, you said wei chi, and it seems like chi is an important word. <laughs> you know, and I, I just want us to, and then also you hear people saying the chi and this life force, and I want to, ha- I want us all to come to a same page of having a complete understanding of what chi is. Um, because I feel like it's, it's something important <laughs> in our discussion. So can we just start there? I think that's such a great idea to go back to the foundation that way. I, um, qi gets defined a lot of different ways. And I know a lot of different qigong masters who would define it differently. But the thing that tends to be universal is, yes, life force or 
your energy. Um, so if you say somebody's got good energy or bad energy, good vibes, which is what yeah. we back in the seventies, you know, that, 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 that's a product of energy or how we express that energy. Mm-hmm. I have one colleague who I admire greatly, who says she, she is like basically something that activates us. It's something that comes in and out on a quantum level, like on the quantum field, mm-hmm. but without getting too esoteric, um, the, the simplest thing, it, it, it has to do with um, uh, the, it's not just energy in terms of like, oh, I have enough energy when I wake up out and I've had a good night's sleep, then I have energy. It's also what it, it it's a intangible but visceral way in which we, um, we, we, in Chinese medicine, they say, you know, when you're, when the, when energy is moving through you, it's riding the blood, basically, we have circulation and there's energy in that. It's like almost a kind of an electrical impulse, an electromagnetic impulse that's in us that we all have. Mm-hmm. And one of the easiest ways, just instead of being just kind of talking about it, it's just, if you just rub your hands together mm-hmm. and listening if you're not driving rub your hands yeah. <laughs> and you feel the heat in your hands mm-hmm. um that that is energy right and then mm-hmm. start to play with pulling your hands apart a little bit and see if you can still feel that hand right so you rub yeah. and then you cup your hands and then you pull them apart a little bit and just see if you can still feel a little heat or sense of tingling sensation mm-hmm. we could call that chi okay so um chi is life force now I'm assuming, I'm not sure, I'm just assuming, can the chi be stagnant? And is our, is our goal to wake up the chi? Like, what's our goal to do with the chi? Because all of us are living and it's like, oh, I have life, I'm living, I'm breathing. But yeah. what's the goal for the chi? Um, I think you hit it on the head is we want to be in a state of flow, in a state of like being able to adapt. So even when I instinctively had that sick situation on the street, my instinct was to straighten my spine and just start to, I, I don't know what, what word to use other than emanate, just stand in my, in my, my sense of being, I have, a, I have a right to be in this body, I have a right to be in this place at this time, uh, walking down the street, um, that, that, it, it's it, so you could say that that was an activation in Chinese medicine. A lot of particularly traditional Chinese medicine talk about stagnation being at the root of all disease. Mm. And Western medicine, they found that, you know, I think 90% of all diseases that stem to a lack of circulation, some kind of microcirculatory issue, mm-hmm. um, whether it's heart related or not, it's still these little tiny um, vessels that are through our body. We've got miles and miles of them in our body, literally, mm-hmm. um, that, that when there's stagnation, when blood is not flowing, then we end up starting to create problems. Mm-hmm from those blockages and she is connected to that right that, that when when there's a blockage it could be mental it could be physical it could be spiritual it could be mm-hmm. emotional but when there's blockage then we're not able to adapt and move in a way that allows us to just you know let go of whatever might be creating those yeah. problems yeah yeah I like that you said you know it's like a flow getting that life force to go into a flow so okay so I think 
I have a good like idea. I think about it like if you think unique like of 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 a, a river or a stream you know and it's and it's flowing down the its pathway and it's moving around sticks and stones and obstacles it's not busting through them so yeah. it's not fighting it's finding where are the openings because chi moves in the space between so we need to have an openings in our body in our consciousness in our awareness to allow that sense of flow to happen and one floor in there it, it, i mean it's called it's the state called wu wei in in qigong but once we're in that state of flow it's amazing what we can do right what we can it's like that's what allows us to break a board with a bare hand or a bunch of bricks with your head it's like we start to find sort of that space i remember that when i first tried to break a board in a when i was in a, a fighting fighting form martial art um, that I really hurt my hand because I had to do it again and again and I couldn't do it. And I ended up like, you know, this hand that was twice as big as my hand. Um, and it was until I started to think about, well, what if I think about the board as being just all these molecules and I'm going to go pass through those molecules. And I broke the, as soon as I had that thought, I was able to break through it after my hand healed. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So people really do break boards because I just thought, I don't know why I thought that they just had the boards kind of like you know, fix so the kids could break through them. <laughs> oh, it's a very real thing. I saw I saw a video a couple of years ago of a, a little girl. She must have been 10 or 11. And she she just was standing in front of a pile of bricks and she went pop. She she dropped her head down and she popped through those bricks. And then she walked away and she was in a little pink frilly dress. I think it was wow. in China or someplace. It was someplace in Asia, but she was like really proud. It was really um, an amazing, amazing. So she was riding her chi. She was definitely riding her chi. Wow. Okay. I think we can almost have an episode just on chi. Um, <laughs> one last question on chi, even though we're going to probably keep going back to it. How do you spell it? Is it Q-I or is it C-H-I? Both of those are correct. It's um, because, of course, the, these are different letters and the pinions in, in, in Chinese writing. So it, it, it's pronounced chi and some people do Q-I and some people do C-H-I. But they both have the same exact meaning, even They're though, exactly okay, thing. yeah, okay, so I didn't know if one meant for one term and one meant for another term. <laughs> They're the same. They're the same. Okay, so so we're talking today about um, Qigong, and right. Gong is G-O-N-G. Now, I, I spell it Q-I-G-O-N-G. It's also sometimes spelled C-H-I, new word, K-U-N-G, sometimes K-O-N-G. There's all kinds, because it's all just like sort of tr basically trying to put letters to the sound of what it is, right? The sound okay. and so then how we spell it just depends on, you know, how you hear it. So but, then what, what does the, so we understand that um, chi is life force, flow. Now, is there a meaning behind gong? Yeah, it's basically makes, means like the practice of or the way of. Okay, so the practice of. Practice. And, Practicing with your chi, playing with your chi, playing in the field with your chi. Okay. So um, throughout throughout my years of growing up, I feel like commercially, um, when you hear martial arts, you hear Tai Chi all the time. I didn't hear about Qigong until actually 
about February of this year. <laughs> I was doing something on Instagram with another Instagrammer. We were doing like this liquid challenge and uh -huh. she, she, she studied Chinese medicine and then she was doing videos on um, Qigong saying, uh -huh. you know, like, like this liquid challenge is not about us just drinking a green juice every morning. It was about, okay, in the morning when you wake up, you know, you have to do your Qigong, you know, exercises. I was like, what is Qigong? So this was the first time I heard of it. And then once she opened my ear, ways up to it then I started to hear it a little piece by piece throughout the year but she was the first one I was like what is this qigong so it took me 45 46 years to hear qigong <laughs> but I have heard tai chi so what is the difference between chai chi tai chi and keep on um, qigong <laughs> I feel like I'm gonna get tongue twisted uh, <laughs> <laughs> because I think if I went all this time without hearing it and only hearing Tai Chi, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of other Westerners in the same boat. Right. Absolutely. There are. There are people ask me this question a lot. Um, so Tai Chi is basically one strand of Qigong. Like there's different types of Qigong. There's some Qigong that's a martial art, which is really Tai Chi is one element. Um, some so, so some Qigong is used for for fighting or for helping um, increase the effectiveness of how you do fighting techniques. Uh, another is um, there's medical Qigong, and that's the biggest type of Qigong in this country where it's really tied into Chinese medicine. Uh, there's spiritual Qigong. Um, there is, and then there's, there's all these other offshoots. But Tai Chi, basically, I think of that, that that's a, the, the more martial version. So a lot of it is working with sort of punches and blocks and stuff. Um, that was the first style I, I actually studied. And then under Tai Chi, there's a whole bunch of different lineages. And these are all based on family lineages or cultural lineages, different cultures in China. So it's, it's, it's all, you know, there, there's a lot of different types and a lot, you know, and there can tend to be kind of a comp competition, like which is the best one and that kind mm -hmm. of thing. I don't really pull that any mind, but Qigong is basically an umbrella word. word. So okay. it's like dance. It's like, do you do Alvin Ailey? Do you do Martha Graham? Do you do ballet? Do you do tap? You know, what kind of yeah. kind of dance do you do? So it's like, what kind of Qigong do you do? Do you follow this teacher? You follow that lineage? Mm. That's that's okay. okay. So uh, so um, Qigong is like the umbrella of dance, and then now. What avenue of dance do you do? Right. So Tai Chi is one avenue. Medical Qigong is another avenue. Classical Qigong is another avenue. There's all these different types of avenues. And for me, I've studied across a lot of them. Not all of them, and not even near. I, you know, I've been doing this for like 50 years, and I still feel like a rank beginner. But it, but what I've done is I've taken what, what I feel like are the most useful things for me and the people that who are drawn to learn with me to help us communicate better, to be able to stand in our power, to be able to access inspiration when we need it, to be able to express ourselves from a place of non-defensive presence and power, and to be able to really have that sense of creating what we want to create, using energy in a way to kind of create the lives that, that are important or the, or the ways in which we can raise, raise, raise it for everybody around us, you know, that sort of all boats rise, right? Mm -hmm. so, so, um, so, so for me, it's a hybrid that I, um, back about, I guess, 25 years ago or so, I, I started calling the way of joy because I started thinking about what if joy was a birthright instead of a goal. So instead of being, if I have an, the right partner, the right house, enough money, 
you know, good health, then I get to have joy. What if it was something that actually informed everything that we do? What if it was actually a container for all emotions, including grief and anger and all of the other, what was, we saw it as a container and it was a birthright that we're born with joy as an essential element of our energy. And so I started calling it the way of joy qigong because I really, then I started to really explore that path with a lot of intention. And that's what my book is about. And all the, you know, all the, all the teaching that I do is about. Oh, I love that. So the way of joy is your version of, or your, you know, I guess your embodiment of everything that you learned. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That's so beautiful. I love that the way of joy. And then, you know, so beautiful to think that it should be a birthright (laughs) instead of being the goal. (laughs) Right. I mean, I remember one time um, uh, one of my students, he said that he was, um, his partner at the time was a midwife and he went to pick her up after a delivery and um, uh, he was looking down at this little new being, this little baby. And he said, that baby looks just like a baby Buddha. And she, uh, the, his partner picked uh, the baby up and said, all babies are born baby Buddhas. (laughs) In that around what we come in with, um, before it's taken away or were you know any abuse or neglect or all the various things that happen to children you know whether that it's in you know with, regardless of where it's coming from that, yeah. that before it's basically stolen or damaged or dinged um, mm-hmm. that that is an essential place we come in to feel joy in this incredible miracle of this yeah. parentheses of a of a life that we're in right this that we're on a planet so I love that. I, you know, I've never thought of it like that, like a baby Buddha. And, and it's so true. Yeah. <laughs> now uh-huh. I can never see another baby the same again. <laughs> that is so true. Oh my goodness. So, okay. So let me just get it clear. So um, I, I completely understand that. I just, I always like to go to the ABCs. I understand that um, Qigong is like the umbrella for so many other elements of, you know, of I guess the chi <laughs> and you know like tai um tai chi which we hear a lot about that's more of like the movement of the body of the um of the qigong that uh, the movement of the body they're, or well, they're all movement the, the thing I think that brings all of qigong together is that it's working with moving energy whether and it, sometimes it's internal through meditation and you're actually picturing or visualizing yeah movement. Um, other time, but most Qigong is movement with breath and intention. That's the thing that tends to unify all of these things, breath, intention, okay. and movement, whether that's internal movement or external. But Tai Chi is the, the one that's the more based on sort of fighting, fighting, right? It's working with punches yeah. and blocks and kicks and stuff. Okay, so that's more of the, the fighting, but... Um, martial elements. Martial arts of it, but basically... All Qigong is some type of movement, which includes the breath and and so on. Right, and it's actually a, a fairly new word, unique. I mean, it was it was created in the they some people say in the fifties, some people say in the forties, some people say in the sixties, but it was created around the fifties uh, uh, as a way to kind of encompass all of these different systems that had this mm-hmm. in common. So it was it's actually a new it's a relatively new word, even though these practices go back generations and generations here ancient a new word for an uh, ancient practice <laughs> a new word for an ancient practice exactly okay so now I have seen you know in New York City like 
probably at least about 10, 12 years ago, I remember I would be walking my daughter to the train early in the morning and it was this park close to the neighborhood and I would see, you know, um, an Asian man and an Asian woman all the time in the park or, you know, at 7 a.m. and they would be, you know, and then I think, you know, with this Western culture mind, it's like a chuckle, like, <laughs> what are they doing? Because they would just be, <laughs> you know, I, I wasn't at this place. They would be moving in very slow motion. And it was just like, what is going on with that judgmental eye? Like, I don't know what they're doing. So <laughs> do you think they were doing Qigong? Uh, Qigong? I think a hundred percent think that they were doing <laughs> sure for sure <laughs> yes okay so and yes. then there would be a time where I would start to see other people joining them and then they're just like following along and um <laughs> and doing what they were doing so they were doing um <laughs> she got, yeah yeah so yeah. is there a way to tell a difference between like if they're doing medical um qigong or if they're doing spiritual qigong like um is there a difference to tell like oh i know what they're doing they're doing that you know that version i know they're doing that one that's a great question i have never been asked that before <laughs> um you know, I don't really think that there is a way to tell the difference. I Generally with Tai Chi, I can usually tell if it's Tai Chi Chuan because um, that's usually a really long, a longer form and it's very precision or, oriented. Um, so it's really working with details. Uh, so it, it, the angle of your hand matters. The the the, the space between your feet and where their your toes are pointing, facing mm -hmm. matters. All of that is very detail oriented. Um, so let me just get let me go a little bit more meta for a second. In qigong, there's a concept of what I call the heaven realm, the human realm, and the earth realm, or shen qi and uh, jing. And the heaven realm has to do with our inspiration. It has to do with God, goddesses, angels, higher power, or if if you're not spiritually or religiously inclined, it has to do with the, the large perspective. Like if you were flying around in the universe and you look down at your life from that mm -hmm. perspective, it's like that kind of high overview mm -hmm. that taps into the what I think of as the we are all one consciousness or that sense that we are interconnected. This is a world where and this is a we're all connected through our energy. The second level is the human realm has to do with how we take this large, full potential, everything's possible in the heaven realm, and then we channel it through who we are as individuals, through our own personalities, through who, who we are, what we look like. You know, as I had one teacher who said, you know, every, everybody has a different face. So it's like we're all part of a cosmic gem and everyone is a different facet on that gem. We all have a different face. So how you're bringing that 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 whatever the messages that you get, or some people think of them as downloads or the inspirations and how you express them is human. Human also works with details and limitations, strengths and limitations. What are your strengths? What are your limitations? How do you express love in the world? How do you express yourself? How do you, how do you, you know, what are the good things that you love to do? How all of that is human realm. And then the earth realm is like how you walk your talk. You know, are, are you, you know, how you stay grounded, having confidence, having a leg to stand on, and also what is it that you're creating in your life? So heaven is sort of like where you get, like, for instance, I had this idea, I want to go write a book, right? So that's the heaven realm. And then I 
borrow money and do what I can to go onto a sabbatical so I can write it because I can't write it and teach at the same time. So that's mm -hmm. a human but My limitation is like, it's just too hard to try to split myself this way. I need to take some time off and just really dedicate it to writing this life work. Mm -hmm. That's the realm. And then I hold the book in my hand. That's the earth realm. That's the manifestation. That's what I created mm. from that impulse of the heaven realm. Mm. So all of that to wrap back around to Tai Chi. Tai Chi is really working a lot on the human realm. It's working because it, it, it's also about relationships, how we relate to the world around us, one another as humans, but also how we relate to insects and, and plants and animals and any other life force that, that's around us. That's all human realm, that interconnectedness or web of life. So, um, so Tai Chi, when you're usually what I'll see is if I see somebody and then there's a lot of corrections and people are really, you know, being very detailed and they're sort of walking around very, very slowly, but very, very intentionally in terms of how they're angling everything. That's usually Tai Chi. Qigong's a little more forgiving. A lot of times it can be a little more improvisational. There's a whole school of spontaneous Qigong that's just basically like improv. Mm -hmm. um, so long answer to a short question unique sorry about that oh no 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 I, I like I like the heaven the earth no I'm sorry the heaven the human the earth <laughs> I like it I like the um example you gave about the book um because we can take that for our everyday lives how we take the idea that came in the he from the heaven realm into the download into our mind and then what through our limitations and you know what we have here on the um you know within our human realm and then brought it to a physical manifestation on the earth realm so yeah. I like that example I feel like you can use that in all parts of your life not in just in this conversation about Qigong daily absolutely um it, yes and and they say that the human realm, you know, who we are as human, we're bringing heaven down to earth and earth up to heaven. And what that means is we're take, you know, we're we're being we're a vessel to take what those inspirations are and do something with them, bring them forward in whatever ways we do. And then when we do that, when we manifest something, when we create something that way, we're we're offering that back up to heaven. So it becomes part of that mm -hmm. whole field. So would you say that's like the ultimate goal in um, Qigong? What to the, kind of go through those three steps? The heaven, the, the human goal, earth? You know, it depends on, on who you're talking to. For me, the ultimate goal of Qigong is to come back to a place of letting go of stress. So the stress is a lot of times stuck energy. So moving from stress to surge, to a mm -hmm. surge energy. Um, and it, it, a, a, one goal of Qigong has been to heal various diseases. There's a, there's a hospital in China where people who have been diagnosed with cancer and have done all of the different uh, medical uh, or allopathic protocols they go because there's no, there's nothing else that they can do. And, and then they go and they practice Qigong and they have an amazing um, uh, rate of, of healing. Um, uh, you know, I've used Qigong with people who are actually dying. I've had the um, opportunity, I guess, it would, I don't know what, quite what to call it, the circumstance where I've been with several different people as they were leaving their bodies. And um, some of them, you know, just really about doing Qigong for me to center and be present in the way that I want to be. Some the one person I remember we would do qigong just as it there's a qigong form called transition and she was just doing she decided she wanted to practice this form mm -hmm. as to 
let go of her body with a sense of grace and ease and, and mm. letting go of fear and anxiety and really embracing the mystery of what was ahead. Mm, that's beautiful. Mm. Um, so someone's listening to this podcast and is like, okay, you guys are opening up this door for me with Qigong. I'm interested. Now, are there Qigong classes? How do I start? <laughs> Depending on where you are, there probably are Qigong classes. The one thing you can do is go to a, um, a website, nqa.org. That's National Qigong Association. I used to be on their board of directors, and I actually monthly do a free program for people where I interview different Qigong teachers from around the world. So people are welcome to come to that. They can find out about it by going to nqa.org, um, or they can just contact me directly if they'd mm -hmm. like. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah. I'm so happy that we're opening this pathway up of just even having this conversation around um, Qigong. And so I told you when someone introduced it to me earlier this year, she was like, oh, I'll do this. I don't remember what she was doing, but I just remember I was like, Qigong, what is Qigong? And then I went to YouTube. I was just trying to, it was just still like, in my <laughs> so, um, but I guess she was saying to do this, these exercises, I guess, in the morning. I feel like she was talking about something about, let's say, I don't know, detox the liver. I'm making this up. I don't know. It was something to do. You're not <laughs> detoxing the liver would be a very, very common Qigong exercise. So, <laughs> okay. So, are there, so I guess, are there, ex, well, I'm, I'm, yes, there are exercises to do in the morning when you wake up. What practices do you do in the morning when you wake up with your Qigong practice? And it doesn't change. Yeah, it varies from day to day. I have a very big toolbox, right? So I draw from what I so I draw from because I've been doing it for all so long, right? It's 50 years now. It's actually when I really look at the time, it's probably over 50 years that I've been practicing. So um I so I, you know, I I get up and do something. One thing I like to do, the one the thing I've been doing lately that I love is a kind of chi qigong that I learned from a colleague uh, at a Qigong conference recently, where you basically go outside. And I'm in the Bay Area, so it's possible to do that all year round. Um, mm -hmm. You connect with a tree, you ask, ask for permission, and then you do this movement with the tree. It's, it's basically circulating energy between your, your roots and the tree's roots, and then the tree's height and your height, and you're creating kind of a circle of energy with the tree. So that's one thing that I do, but, but there's, you know, it depends. Like there are times I wake up and you know, those days where you just don't feel like it. Like, eh, nah. <laughs> yeah. Depends on the energy flow of that day. <laughs> right. It totally yeah. does. And so sometimes I'll do something to kind of stir myself up to kind of really find my motivation and why I care, um, yeah. you know, or, or some days when I'm just really exhausted. Um, a lot of times I'll do some internal Qigong just to keep things flowing. So it's not that I don't get tired or I don't have resistance or I don't, you know, or that I'm not human. <laughs> I just mm -hmm. Qigong to kind of pivot it. And then with my students, for example, like right before this recent election, I had a lot of people who were very anxious with really good cause. So just coming back to center. In fact, I created a, a, a program, a do-it-yourself program that I need to reactivate called Pivot to Positive, where if you're feeling angry or sad or jealous or depressed or you know these different emotions that we could say are draining, mm -hmm. um, you would click on that word and it would take you to two to three videos you could do in 10 minutes or less to help recenter your emotional mm -hmm. body to bring yourself back to center so that you're not being run by 
that is letting emotions flow again through what you like water, the fear and anxiety. It's not, we don't feel, it's not that I think we need to block it. We need to let, acknowledge it, feel it, and let it move through us. Mm. Yeah, I I wanted to go back just a few more steps again, because <laughs> you say you sometimes, you know, um, do Qigong with the tree. So I have questions like, what does this look like? Are you going barefoot um, to be grounded with the tree? Um, like how, you know, I understand you're going to ask the tree for permission as we should do, um, like our flower essence, we have to get our permission. <laughs> so, um, so, you know, we're connecting with the tree and someone may be like, how are you asking the tree for permission? You know, um, can you just take us through that walk of like the whole, everything that happens when you're doing your Qigong with, um, with the tree? Well, the, the tree that I'm working with these days in my backyard is a huge redwood tree. Um, so I've been working with it for a while. So I don't always feel like I need to exactly ask, ask permission, but I just taught a class in the park. And um, so one of the things that you do is you when you stand and you just take a moment to look at the tree, just observe it, see whatever you see, see, you know, um, just look at the colors and Notice what you feel as you're breathing and can you smell it? And you know, just sort of take it in and then just quiet down and, and just say, may I, may I do some energy work with you? And then just listen and you might hear nothing and that's absolutely fine, but just sort of follow what, whatever it is that you sense. And it's not like you're going to hear a big, I'm the tree and I'm going to say that way. Like in Wizard of Oz, you know, where they throw apples at you, but it's, 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 you know, it's just some, it's, it's an inner sense. Um, there have, I don't, I think there's one time where I felt like the tree was sickly. And so I just did turn away from it. It didn't say no exactly, but I just felt like it was tapping into an energy that was not plentiful. And I didn't feel like I wanted to ask anything of it at that point. Um, mm -hmm. Generally, you know, there's there's just if nothing else, you're quieting yourself down just to feel yourself connected. So whether you hear a yes or you don't, if you feel something that sort of says, you know, this isn't okay, then I would pay attention to that. But generally, mm -hmm. these are there as as guardians for us, I think. So um, so then after I've felt like I've heard a yes or felt a yes, um, I mean, I, I, I basically, if you, I, I, in terms of your question about barefoot, yes, I do try to take my shoes off just because there's this earthing practice when you have bare feet on the ground on the electromagnetic field of the earth, you get energy that you don't get when there's a rubber between you and the earth. But mm -hmm. um, I've also done this outside in really, really cold weather and I won't take my shoes off and that's okay too. Um, and you just imagine drawing energy with, you know, maybe even reaching down with your hands and drawing it up your legs, up your spine, up through the top of your head, and then connecting to the top of the tree and coming down to its roots. And a lot mm -hmm. of times if you're standing close enough to the tree, you're standing on its roots. And so you imagine your roots communicating with the roots underneath. Because one of the things we know is that trees, you know, what they're discovering in science is that trees actually communicate over vast differences through mm -hmm. Uh, fungi, but 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 they're able and and through their roots, and they're able to send nourishment to small young trees. And anyway, so that there's an intelligence there. Mm -hmm. Um, so you're just drawing that intelligence up through your body, circling it down, and then going in the other direction, going up. You know, bringing your hands up the trunk of the tree to the top of the tree, and then down through the top of your body down to your feet. So I circle circle that at least nine times in each direction. That's how I spend my day. Um, and it's amazing how it'll help me integrate dreams. It'll help me feel p 
peaceful so that I don't feel like, oh my God, I got to, my to-do list doesn't become the dominant thing. It's not that it's not there. It's just that I am able to get more done when I'm calmer and more centered. Uh, so it's what I, I do a, a meditation in the morning and then I do my treat. Nice. So you said nine times in each direction. Is nine a significant number? Uh, yes, nine is, is one of those power numbers. It's three times three. Three is, you know, again, heaven, human, earth. A lot of the, a lot of Chinese numerology and stuff is based on threes and nines and sixes. So um, nine is just a, a nice complete number that helps us just, it's long enough and it's not too long. But to mm -hmm. be honest, Unique, you could do it twice or five times. And I don't think anybody would care. There's no Qigong police out to get you. <laughs> So um, it's, it's really, uh, you know, it's, it's, um, it's it a personal practice too, at the same time. Exactly. So um, as I'm, you know, pulling this energy from the tree or with the tree and being connected with the tree, um, should I be having any thoughts or affirmations in my mind at the, at that time, or should I just be thinking about dinner? <laughs> That's a great question. Um mm -hmm. I, I, you know, for me, uh, it, it varies from person to person. I don't think thinking about dinner would be, you know, as fun as actually feeling connected to what you're mm -hmm. doing at the moment, like being present instead of ahead of like, what do I need to buy at the grocery store or what am I going to have, you know, I'm going to fry mm -hmm. the onions or whatever. So, so um, uh, there's, with the tree qigong, I stay pretty neutral. I'm just really just feeling what I feel. But there's there's qigong exercises that are all about putting intention and application in. So, for mm -hmm. example, uh, today we practiced quite a bit this form called transition. And so there's one move that's for letting go, letting go of whatever. If you're in a transition, you're in a change. So what are you releasing in that change? Mm -hmm. And then the next stage is when we when we release something just like if you remove dead leaves from a plant new life comes forward right new mm -hmm. leaves come so then is what are we invoking in that space that we just released from and what are we drawing in so you could be releasing you know anxiety about the election bringing in hope that we can make a change or you know mm -hmm. really kind of um, superficial but 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 and then the next stage of the transition is is to integrate that into who you already are, taking that new and making it part of your wholeness. And then the next stage is creating internal space for change to happen. And then you move into external space and then you come back home to your own center. So there's a six stages in it, but each one of those can have an affirmation or a thought. Mm -hmm. um, or you can have an affirmation or a thought. I'm going to go out and do Tri Chi Gong because I really want to feel like I'm connected to something bigger than me. I want to stop feeling like it's all about me and it's all about what I have to do and what's on my plate and all the ways in which I feel kind of victimized or like things are hard. And I want to just start to take energy from that tree or receive energy from that tree. Um, you can set the attention first and then just do the movement empty. So you can either do movement with affirmation or you can do affirmation and then movement that's basically neutral. Yeah. Yeah. So we just talked about one of the 60,000 exercises of Qigong. <laughs> exactly. exactly. So, um, so Qigong is very, is a, is, is a huge topic and there'll probably be a whole podcast podcast just about 
Qigong. <laughs> and, and actually, that's my the thing that I do is uh, this uh, weekly, I mean, monthly program is basically a podcast about Qigong. So I'm talking to different, and every Qigong teacher I talk to, every master teacher has their own take and their own specialty and their own perspective and their own interpretation of what this is all about. It's very forgiving in that way. I actually really yeah. like it allows for a lot of diversity of, of possibilities. Oh, there's a Qigong teacher in New York, Larry Parker. He's an interesting Larry Parker. Yeah, he's he's an it, interesting guy. Mm -hmm. uh, he's um, he's blind, and he's so part of what he teaches is how to perceive things when you don't have sight, um, and he wow. uses Qigong in that way. So you know, like I, he's he's on one of the the podcasts that I did. So there's a lot of different approaches, and but the main thing is it's about coming to be at peace with yourself and learning to love yourself. To it's a kind of self care. It's a kind of way to be. Um, mm -hmm to cultivate presence in being in your power. This is beautiful, learning to be at peace with yourself. And, you know, I love that, uh, as you said, it's it's so expansive. Like there's not just like, okay, do these 10 exercises then you're, and be on your way to happiness or be on your way to, um, <laughs> you know, loving yourself or being at peace with yourself. It truly sounds like Qigong is a practice that you start to build your own prescription for what's going to, um, you know, work for you. That, that's my, that's my approach. Absolutely. You, you nailed it. That's exactly right. How I see it. There are teachers who are very, very strict in terms of what, you know, so it's not that they, they wouldn't want you to necessarily adapt it. They want you to do it the ways in which the generations before have done it. Um, mm -hmm. And it, it's, and, and in terms of the techniques and stuff, I am teaching pretty traditional techniques, but I also really encourage people to let their creativity be part of it because creativity is a major life force, right? And so yeah. I'm able to be able to use that so that it really, I want the Qigong to have meaning for people for themselves in their lives. So it's helpful that it's mm -hmm. not because I'm doing it because I, I sh I'm disciplined and I'm going to be a good person if I do it. It's really about how do I feed how do I feed myself? How do it's how do I really bring bring to myself what I need to be able to live my best life from joy? Mm -hmm. So I, I'm I'm you take personal clients, right? And when you take a personal client, I mean, of course, you take you're doing an intake, you're having a conversation with them, and you're figuring out what approach we're gonna move towards with this qigong. You know, will they need? Do they need medical qigong? Do they need spiritual qigong? Do they, you know, do they need tai chi? <laughs> what do they need? So you know, you're able to kind of zero in to kind of help them with making a prescription for what they're for what they may need in their personal life. Um. I Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think that um, I, I do work with personal clients in Qigong. Um, I also have classes, uh, you know, online classes, and and it's the same, pretty much. It, it's not so much that I need to do an intake, but that I'll just have people, for example, come to a class and then just put in the chat where they're at, what they're walking in with, what they're feeling like they're wanting to work on. And then I just create the class to serve that so that they mm -hmm. can kind of get the results that they want out of the practice. When I'm working one-on-one -on -one with people, it's usually about either a health issue, but more usually it's communication. I work a lot, like I said, with speakers and entrepreneurs and performers. I'm a, I'm a storyteller and a theater yeah. performer as well. And so I'm, I'm working a lot then with people like how do they use energy, this, these chi practices to amplify 
their charisma, mm -hmm. um, their presence. So it depends. Some people, one, one person who I'm working with right now came because she's um, thinking about divorcing her husband. And, and what she's needing to learn is how to stand her ground and open up the conversation from a place which is not just defended, but that's actually being able to speak her truth and be able to listen in a, from a different place instead of from a place of whatever. So, so there, there's, yeah. you know, so it could be that. I have another client who's a lawyer, and so I was working with her on how to use her energy and her meditations in preparation for a Supreme Court case that she was doing that was very intense. Um, I it was actually the Supreme Court of Canada, and it was a very intense um, case, difficult, complicated case that. Everybody said she. There's no way she could win it. It was great social justice issue, but the, there wasn't. It was not going to fly, and she ended up splitting the court so that they actually had. They were supposed to take 15 minutes to deliberate, and they're still deliberating seven months later. So, wow. But but did that. But the work that we did was preparing her on how she was telling the story of this client, how she was delivering it, but also the meditations and qigong practices, so that when they she got pushback, she would be able to stay centered. I actually got to watch her because they stream those cases live in yeah. from Canada. Um, and she she's a she's a brown woman, and it was a white. I mean, there's I think uh, all the all the justices were white. There were two white women. The rest were men. There was one brown man. That was it. And what was what was hard? It, it, it was right after the Katanji Brown Jackson. You know that that time when was that Supreme Court here was we were having those things happening, and then seeing her there was a the same level of hostility in some ways and dismissiveness and um well i would just call it racism uh, at, that were coming at her and yeah. uh watching her get centered in the same way as our amazing supreme court new supreme court justice did watching her be centered respond from a place of respect um never descending to that other you mm -hmm. know Ascension, respect and then bringing it back she just did it again and again and again and I know that and we were expecting some pushback yeah. so part of what happened there was so so it, it my clients range right from everything yeah. personal family issues to high level presentations that are where the stakes are high mm, this is beautiful because you know having her having it's sounding like her having that qigong practice within her life it allowed her to show up for her, her job, her case in a balanced way, um, which also can sway the people that you're talking to or influencing and so on. So, you know, sometimes we want to just show up for these uh, medical healing, <laughs> you know, mo mobile, I'm tongue twisted, these he healing medical techniques and so on when something we think is wrong oh i'm sick i need help with this right now you know but having understanding that qigong is way bigger than you wanting to heal gut issues or something to that extent it's right. way bigger than that it's bigger to show to understand that just having that balance in your life and showing up in your life with balance can make such a huge difference on so many levels you know, and it's sounding like, you know, she's just not making a difference at, of her having a common collective work environment. She's making a difference for a bigger cause than herself because she was able to um, have a practice that's allowing her to show up and her, you know, with a flow. 
of flow, like you said at the beginning. <laughs> I so admire you, Unique, in your ability to um, take in information that's relatively new to you and reflect it back in such a really clear and organized way. So thank you for that summary. Yes, I agree. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Oh, wow. So I think... Um, you did a wonderful job with really opening the doorway up to um, Qigong and for us to like start to understand like, what is it? Should I start exploring it more and so on? Now, someone I, you know, may instantly go to YouTube and start looking at Qigong. <laughs> and I'm sure there's probably gonna be a thousand- Millions, millions of, yes. Millions. Of, of videos, but it's like, you know, do you have any advice on where should someone start? Because like I said, like, you know, someone could come to you and you, like you said, they can also come to your class and you kind of start to figure out what pathway they should go. You know, do you have any advice for that person that's just going to do that generic YouTube search? I would first ask that person if they, you know if they feel like oh you know what I I hear that there's medical qigong and it can really help people with cancer, and I've just been diagnosed. Then I would look up qigong and cancer. I would actually put qigong and whatever it is a qigong mm -hmm. a medical practice, a, a, a spiritual practice, a qigong for health. I would always qigong for health that because the most of the teachers in this country or in the United States uh, or on this continent, even in Mexico and in and in uh, Canada are are more in the medical, or tend to be more in the medical part of it. Um, I think um, I would go, I would kind of steer away from the, I have the answer in a backpack type of, <laughs> there are those teachers, right, that are like, this is the way. I, I would go for, you know, what feels good. Like if you look at it and you feel like, oh, this person, I feel it, I feel them in my heart. I feel like, I feel like I can feel connected to them. I feel like there's something there that makes me, you know, kind of want to move with them. Mm -hmm. I just can, you know, watch for a few minutes. You'll know. Mm -hmm. You need to not be bored. So it's, yeah. to, it's not to either something that where you feel like, meh, it, but if something that really just feels like, okay, this feels good. This feels good. I can feel my joints opening. I can feel like, oh, I'm breathing a little differently. Just, mm -hmm. I would just experiment with it. You can't really hurt yourself unless you yeah. kind of do one of those cult type situations but you know, I don't think you're in any danger of that on YouTube so just yeah just go explore it yeah. yeah and do you suggest that someone practice every day um you know these people have been asking me this question for years uh, I think that people I think it's helpful to have a consistent practice um at the same time life happens and, and sometimes it just doesn't, it doesn't quite fit, which is part of why I started creating these really quick practices you could do in 10 minutes or less, because I, you know, most of the people, my clients and students are very busy. And so I wanted like, like, how can we insert it into your life without trying to give you yet another to do? I did my Qigong check. So um, I, I know for myself, I like doing it every day, but I feel like people need to feel it as opposed to you should do it every day. If you feel like doing it every day, do it every day. If you feel like doing it once a week, do it once a week. Do it. You know, I have some people who just come to the class once a week, and that's enough, and that's fine. Yeah. So I, I think people need to find their own way, but they need to feel like it's really important that they feel like they want to do it. That it's not just about, like I said earlier, being a good person or being disciplined or, um, you know. And then I, what I find is that the more people do it, the more they want to do it because it feels good. 
Yeah. So again, finding your personal. Yeah. If you want to feel better, do it. Yes. Again, finding your personal prescription. So even if you do see someone in the video saying, do this every day to feel balanced, you know, if you're forcing yourself, you can't, you're not necessarily making yourself feel balanced. If you're not. Exactly. You're not doing it right. If you're forcing, you're not doing it. It's already out of the, out of the realm of effortlessness, which is the main theme in Qigong. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I feel like there's just so much more to learn, but we can't, you know, put too much <laughs> too much today. We just opened the door. <laughs> we just literally opened the door to all of this amazingness that's been out here for for I guess forever. <laughs> and so, oh my goodness, I totally appreciate you coming on to the Becoming Unique podcast today, but I cannot let you go yet. <laughs> okay. Because you have to let everyone know what does Becoming Unique mean to you? Oh, Becoming Unique. Well, I'm a fan of your podcast. So first of all, <laughs> but when I, when I think about it in a larger sense, Becoming Unique means um, being who you were born to be. Mm-hmm born unique you are born and and every experience that you've had has built you to the person that you are now um and will continue to do so as you evolve so becoming unique means becoming a kind of full circle coming back to what you were born with and and um and allowing yourself to know that you can feel completely unique and interconnected at the same time mm, beautiful Absolutely beautiful. So, okay, your book. You have a book that you told us at the beginning, The Way of Joy, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. It's available on Amazon? I don't think it's on your website. It might Mm -hmm. still, people should just contact me directly to get it because then, you know, they won't have to pay for shipping. Um, And I don't know if it's still available on Amazon. It might be, but that's my, my publisher gets that money so they, they, they can send to me or they can get it on amazon um and then the other thing that they can do is if they're interested in the part that has that i was talking about in terms of our presence how we show up whether it's in a at a work environment or in a familial situation or something like that i have a free ebook that i call your power presence you can go to yourpowerpresence.com and that ebook is about 30 pages long and it has several qigong exercises in it that sort of go into some of the the areas where I was talking about in terms of how how we can show up in our lives and have a sense of really inspiring people around us and also being de-stressing, coming back to self. So it's it's the the, the ebook is got, is a short version of it's not it's not the same as the Way of Joy, which is a more comprehensive book and it's it's very multi-leveled. It's got stories in it and exercises and theory and all kinds of stuff. Your power mm-hmm. presence very much around if people are feeling like they want to you know like I'd like to try something that's empowering or I'd like to try something where I can take my spirituality and put it in my body yeah get that because there's some good techniques in there and it's free yeah yeah we love an ebook so okay so I have all I will have all of that in the show notes so thank you for the resources that you have to offer and yay Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you so much, Unique. It's been such a pleasure. Yes.
Thank you, Vicky, for showing up for the Becoming Unique podcast and sharing all of this amazing, informative information around Qigong. And thank you guys for showing up for the Becoming Unique podcast and sticking in there to the end. Be sure to tune into the YouTube channel and I will see you guys next week. Bye.